you are listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's program is entitled Spiritism Part 2. Hello my radio friends, it's good to have your company again for another Give Me the Bible program. In my last talk, I shared with you some information about spiritualism. Today is the second part of this particular subject. However innocent it may appear, spiritualism is not something to be played with. It is dangerous. There are many warnings given in the Bible about this dark practice and I will share some of these with you today. One of these warnings is found in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 12. The Bible says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That verse outlines the kind of conflict human beings are involved in, like it or not. It's an uneven battle. Satan and his evil angels are much more cunning and powerful than we are, and they have the upper hand. The only way to beat the forces of darkness in this, in this uneven contest is to ask for help from God. Without God in our lives, we will be defeated. With God, who is stronger than Satan, we will have victory. So we need to be on our guard and stay completely away from those evil powers of darkness. Another warning is given in 1 Peter 5, verse 8, where it says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Does the devil, the power behind spiritualism, sound like something to be played with? Notice that the Apostle Peter calls him our adversary. Notice also what is his intent. He wants to devour us. He has no good intentions toward us whatsoever. People who get caught up in spiritualism are usually caught permanently. Escape is almost impossible. The best way to get out of the spiritualist trap is not to get in it in the first place. You know, there are parts of the world where people openly worship the devil. One notable thing is that these people are not happy. 
they are untrustworthy and regard each other with suspicion. Devil worship often involves ceremonies using bones, signs and symbols, blood, incantations and mystery. Often those ceremonies have repetitive throbbing music, alcohol and rhythmic dancing. In primitive societies, devil worship takes the form of kind of hypnosis. People under the influence of the spirits will do things that they would not do when sane or sober. I cannot stress enough that spiritualism is dangerous. It will only lead you down to eternal destruction, which will be the lot of Satan, his evil angels, his agencies, and those who worship him instead of the true God. It's very interesting to notice the modus operandi that Satan uses. Part of spiritualist teaching is that one is supposed uh, one is supposed to develop a more perfect character. There's no external saviour, although spiritual guidance is supposed to come from Satan. Can you believe that? Can constructive and proper spiritual guidance come from Satan, the enemy of all that is good? I can't believe that, because the Bible teaches that Satan is a liar, and I don't want to believe a lie. How can putting one's faith in the guiding power of spiritualism, the devil, lead to anything other than confusion and destruction. Spiritualists believe that all human beings already have immortality. Therefore, it is claimed that dead people can interact and talk with the living. So what does the Bible say about that? Leviticus chapter 19 and verse 31 warns, Do not turn to mediums or seek out spiritists. You will be defiled by them. And then Deuteronomy chapter 18 verses 10 and 11 adds more information. It says, Let no one be found among you who is a medium or spiritist. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. The Bible is abundantly clear that spiritism is to be avoided at all costs. Mediums and sorcerers were not and are not to be tolerated amongst God's people. And, despite the rapid growth in recent times of covens, wizardry, witches and the like, spiritism has nothing to do with God. Satan is behind it in his push to deceive and delude people and stop them from honouring the one who deserves to be honoured. Back in the Garden of Eden, when Satan tempted Adam and Eve, 
coupled to his lie that they would not die if they disobeyed God, Satan injected another thought into their minds. It was, if you do this, that is, sin, you will be like God's. In other words, you'll be in possession of mysteries and knowledge that you would not otherwise have. That statement contained an element of truth, because had Adam and Eve not sinned, they would have never known anything about shame, guilt and remorse. And what Satan said also applies in these modern times. The magnet, the attraction of spiritualism is that people will come into a possession of knowledge that they would not otherwise have. The attraction is to be paranormal, to know that which is not usually known or experienced. It appeals to those who are curious to know what is on the other side. It appeals to people's vanity, to know more than others. But as I said before, it's dangerous. It's like playing with deadly, venomous snakes. Yes, in playing with venomous snakes, one is most likely to know what most people will never know. They will know what it's like to be bitten by a poisonous snake and will also know the feeling of dying as a result. That's a feeling most people will never experience. Being bitten by a venomous snake could be described as a paranormal experience, but in the end, the result will be destruction. When God makes all things new after he finally deals with unrepentant sinners and the sin problem, there will be no room for people who practice magic arts, along with the sexually immoral liars, etc. And you can read that for yourself from Revelation chapter 22 and verse 15. People who follow Satan will have no place in God's kingdom. They would be complete misfits. And as far as I'm concerned, these people pollute what God has made. They pollute God's creation and they are anti-God. We are reminded in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7, which says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, a man reaps what he sows. And that means if you play in the devil's playground, you'll surely get hurt, and you'll not be saved. You will not be given eternal life. Instead, your payment will be, along with Satan and his evil angels and all those who oppose God, to be sentenced to eternal death. So, what happens when someone goes to visit a medium? A medium may also be, and most probably is, a clairvoyant. 
someone who is supposed to have special powers to see into the future. The medium will most probably invite the seeker into a darkened room with only a candle for light. Then both the medium and the seeker are likely to sit at a table and then by different means, sometimes by tapping on the table, sometimes by incantations, sometimes by addressing the evil spirit directly, the medium makes contact. And that's where we're going to stop for a moment and go on straight afterwards. Just before the break, I was just telling you what happens when someone visits a spiritist medium. And after sitting at the table, sometimes or quite often then the spirit may speak or sometimes appear and sometimes both. The seeker, that's the one who wishes to speak to the dead relative, will be absolutely convinced that they are in the presence of their dead relative. The spirit's voice, looks and mannerisms will be exactly like those of the person the seeker was trying to contact. The spirit will usually speak comforting words and the seeker becomes excited 
that he or she is able to hear from their departed loved one. The spirit will, when it's all over, vanish, and the seeker leaves the medium in a state of excitement. You may know someone who's had an experience as I've just described, but the seeker has been deceived. The loved relative they thought they were talking to was an impersonator. It was a spirit who took on the voice and mannerisms of a once living person. Earlier in the program, I said to you that spiritism is dangerous because it's a fraud, it's a deception. Allowing oneself to be deceived is dangerous, and in the case of spiritism, it's very dangerous. It'll most likely suck you in where you will be unable to get out of it. There are a number of stories in the New Testament about where Jesus cast out devils from various people. One of these is recorded in Matthew 9.32. The Bible says, While they were going out, a man who was demon-possessed and who could not talk was brought to Jesus. And when the, dream, the demon was driven out, the man who had been mute spoke. The crowd was amazed and said, Nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. Now, there are two things we need to notice from this little passage. It said that Jesus drove the spirit out. So if Jesus drove the spirit out, where was it beforehand? The simple answer is that the spirit made its home in the man. This is typical of what happens when someone starts looking into spiritism and it shows how dangerous spiritism is. The spirit takes over the person's will and makes their choices for them. They're no longer in control of their thoughts and actions. In the case of the man we read about, he was unable to talk because the spirit that was occupying his mind and body would not allow him to speak. The other thing we need to notice is that it requires someone who has more power than the demon to dislodge the demon. Those evil spirits like it when they have a human host and like to stay. In three of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark and Luke, is the record of the healing of a boy with a demon. We'll read about it from Matthew 14. When they, that is Jesus and the disciples, came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. Lord, have mercy on my son, he said. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not heal him. Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy and he was healed from that moment on. 
Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, Why couldn't we drive it out? He replied, Because you have so little faith. It requires someone with the power of God in their lives to drive out demons, because the demons are more powerful than normal human beings. But, someone might suggest, was this really a demon that made the boy do things that he seemed not to be able to control? Isn't it more likely that the boy was just having an epileptic fit? Well, it's all very well to try to minimise what the Bible says, to put a human interpretation on it. But the Bible was written for our instruction. It is truth and no one is in any place to explain it away. In the book of Acts, chapter 19, is the record of some of the teachings and activities of the Apostle Paul and his companion worker for the Lord, Apollos. They were in the Greek city of Corinth. We'll pick up the story in verse 11, where it says, God did extraordinary miracles through Paul, so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick, and their sicknesses were cured, and the evil spirits left them. I need to point out here that it was God who did the miracles. Paul was but his agent. Now the verse goes on, it says, Some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who were demon-possessed. They would say, In the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish high priest, were doing this. One day the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and I know about Paul, but who are you? Then the man who had the evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them. He gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. What? One man beats up seven strong young men, and all of them escape with wounds and their clothes ripped off? This was no epileptic fit. The man had extraordinary strength given to him by the evil spirit. Why could they not get the evil spirit to leave quietly? It was because they did not have a strong connection with God. They were doing what they did as a show for personal glory. The evil spirit knew that and made it clear that it would not obey mere showmen. It needed someone like Paul, who was a true and sincere follower of God, to cast out evil spirits. So, dear listeners, I want to warn you. Spiritualism is a dangerous thing to get into. It will take you down a path you will bitterly regret. The safe path is to stay away from it. But even safer 
is to commit your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Become one of his disciples. You will be safe with him. In serving and honouring the Lord, you're promised eternal life and eternal happiness. In being involved with this dark world of spirits and spiritualism, on the other hand, the end result is misery and ultimate punishment, eternal death. I've made my choice. I choose to serve the Lord. But what about you? Who will you choose? God or Satan? Well, that's it for today. I hope you make the right choice. And until our next program, I wish you happiness, joy and peace. See?